This is a podcast about networking. Networking is the ability to communicate and establish relationships to help you and others progress in their future endeavors. In light of the world changing right in front of our eyes, it's very important now more than ever to learn and master the skill of networking. It used to just be about physical networking, but with social media now being a part of our daily lives, the ability to share dialogue has shifted from face to face to screen to screen. Today, more people are becoming more social on social media and missing the tools of how to be social in real life. In order to establish your network, you have to learn how to communicate both on and off the screen. Creating and maintaining your network is the key to unlocking your potential within yourself and opens the door to the endless possibilities of a successful future. This podcast teaches you how to establish your network and how to maintain relationships on and off your screen. Hey, nice to meet you. The Networking Podcast, hosted by Desiree Jones. It's a pleasure to meet you. Talk soon. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm Desiree Jones, or Des for short, and welcome to Hey, Nice to Meet You, the Networking Podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to communicate, establish your network, and maintain relationships both on and off the screen. So today, I'm actually featured as a guest host on Privileged Black Kids. So Privileged Black Kids is a podcast by Kendall Camp, who at this time is a senior communications major at Morehouse College. So he has a podcast called Privileged Black Kids, where he discusses finding the advantages that Gen Z and millennials of color have and how they can use their diverse backgrounds to uplift their communities. So I talked to Kendall about how to actually network with people. So Let's get into this episode of Hey, Nice to Meet You, the Networking Podcast, How to Actually Network with People. What's up, y'all? It's another episode of Privileged Black Kids with your host, Kendall Camp. And today, I'm with Desiree Jones. She's right now an editor, analyst, and video editor at The Motley Fuel. She's also an HBCU VC fellow. But before we go into her background, what she's doing, my first question I ask you every guest, it is, what is a superpower and why? Oh. What is my superpower? Hey, hey, it's Des. How's it going? Um, great question. Superpower. Oh, gosh. I think my superpower is the ability to, um, I guess, bring light, bring light into a room. I think that's my superpower, like real life superpower. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my smile, my energy. It's very contagious in a good way. So I definitely say that bringing light and energy to a room, positivity. Okay. Have you always been like that for the most part? Oh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, yes. Even in, in certain circumstances, I've always just been an optimist. So I believe in optimism. I believe in always finding a way to get to where you want to go in life. And um, I truly believe that anything you set your mind to, you can do. You just have to, you know, have the positivity and the, you know, the fortitude to just, you know, push for it. Yeah, no, that's real. Um, so I know so our conversation that we wanted to kind of discuss like how to actually network with people. But yeah. with that, I want to discuss our connection because some people who may not know, when I said beforehand about HBCVC, they they might wonder what is that. Um, HBCVC is really a space or organization to allow HBC students to break into venture capital. Um, some statistics that people might not know is I guess forty percent of venture capitalists attended Harvard or Stanford. So that definitely speaks to the elitism, 
I guess the prestige or whatever people will call it to like what venture capital is. And that's why this program was created to get more black people in, you know, I would love you kind of discuss like how we kind of connected through HBCUVC and your experience there and kind of what you learned. Yeah, no problem. Um, HBCUVC, definitely a great, great organization. Um, we, we met, of course, virtually because we were in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So VR4 you know, pandemic, you know, right, right. So we met virtually um, in a pandemic and we, um, of course, we're in the, the Slack group and I think what kind of brought our relationship or our, um, I guess, our connection is, I think we were, oh, we're probably going to edit this out. I feel bad. I'm nervous. Um, How was it? We we were in a group together, pretty much, Mm. you know, looking at other companies that um, needed funding, right? And Mm -hmm. we were, so we're class 4D or that's our group, group, um, organization club name but then in our group we're like the the all-stars we're called the dream team yeah actually yeah we were called the dream team it was <laughs> yeah. nine of us shout out geo toby daryl justice elizabeth Ooh. i feel like i'm missing yeah. somebody which is that really really bad um but yeah like that was kind of like how we got to like i guess like know each other in a sense and it really was weird because you know, first it's like you just learn about VC, and then it's like all right you guys you got to go and source the companies you got to do the due diligence we were talking about investment memos you know yeah. me, I'm like, I'm like a detail oriented person that asks like a shit ton of questions. <laughs> so I'll be that's like, yo, awesome. like, who's this founder? What's this company doing? Like, that's just how my personality is. Yeah. Um, but I would love for you to kind of talk about, I guess, kind of the networking aspect that you learned through HBCVC, like certain little things that you kind of took from it and certain things that you're like, yeah, like this is what I thought kind of venture capital networking was, but this actually isn't. Yeah, no problem. I think one of the main things is just getting to know people in general, like in a digital space. So just slacking people like, hey, I'm Des, like, you know, let's chat sometime when you have mm-hmm. some time, you know, um, hey, because, you know, there's also different opportunities that come with HBCVC. So when we get notified of like different opportunities or things going on, like just following up, like, hey, you know, this is what I do. would love to know more. Um and then also just being encouraging and uplifting because during this time, like we were all low key going through it, but we were still like pushing through. So yeah. just the power of community within ourselves, just to kind of be like, all right, this is what we got to do. Um, just, you know, hitting each other up, not just in Slack, but like in our, like texting each other, like, Hey, checking mm-hmm. in, how you doing? Um, and then of course, you know, for me, like I was low key looking for a job opportunity too. Cause at the time I was, I was working part-time at Home Depot, like working, what was I doing? I was working part-time at Home Depot. I was working on video editing with my company and then like working at HBCVC. So like, I guess a little bit about me, we'll go to a little bit more, but like yeah. I would be in meetings like with HBCVC, but I'd be on my lunch, like wow. just like seeing what's going on, like what's happening. Um, there are times when we had to read the chapters and I'd just be getting off of work. So I would come back, come back from work, read the chapters, go to the Zoom, listen to it, take the notes, um, and then go to sleep, wake up at like four or five o'clock in the morning to go to work. Oh so, yeah. So I was in the alumni. So I'll say that I was in the alumni fellow. So some mm. fellows that are alumni, like we got jobs, like we're not, yeah. <laughs> we're not students anymore. So we mm. still have to like maintain and, you know, pay bills and do all this stuff. But, you know, HBCUVC, the best part about it is 
you're able to learn about venture capital and have the opportunity to grow in the space while also being connected with undergrad students and connected with, you know, venture capital leaders. So you're able to kind of bridge the gap between um, the two areas. So definitely learned a lot. And I love my, love my HBCVC fam. And I love, you know, the dream team. We're also killing it out here. So shout out to y'all. And, you know, that's, it's, it's a great way to, to learn more about VC while also, you know, just being committed. Like that's the whole thing, like being committed. So I was committed and it brought me here. So I'm super happy. Yeah, definitely. So I guess let's kind of take it back. And I don't know when this happened for you. Maybe it was in high school, maybe it was in college. I know you kind of get to college and you always kind of get those like cheesy things of like, it's not about like how much you know, it's about who you know or whatever thing they say to like all these kids. Um, I was wondering for yourself, you know, when did you first learn about the concept of networking? When did I learn about the concept of networking? So when I was, so I went to Hampton University, like I put that there, I put that out there, um, HBCU Hampton University. And my going into, I believe going into my sophomore year, I was like, I went to this conference and it was called the Power Networking Conference. And I got invited by um, Jason Finwick and he works in like a lot of like entrepreneurial endeavors so that was in Dallas, Texas, went to the networking conference where, you know, people quote unquote networked. I got a chance to meet George Frazier. I don't know if you know who George Frazier is, but like he's one of like a really great networker. Um, and I met a lot of just heavy hitter black like leaders, entrepreneurs and business owners. So when I came back to Hampton, I was like, Yo, this is awesome. Like, let's network, whatever. But I realized like I already kind of knew how to network because the first part of networking is being able to communicate with people in general. Like you have to start a conversation. So I'd always just be starting conversations with people like, hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? I'm Des, you know, I'd love to know more about what you do. Let's have some coffee, let's do whatever. Um, And that led to more opportunities. So after going to that conference, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. So I started, that's when I started my my, um, company, Promo Jones. And once I started, started my company from a Jones, it was like, okay, we have a company, but how do I find the people? You got to network. You got to talk to people. You got to go to conferences. So I was just on that journey of continuing to talk to people, seeing if they needed my services and then figuring out how to make that happen. Yeah. I guess kind of with you trying to provide a service, how do you, how do you try to figure out, I guess, your market rate or kind of what is what you're doing? How much does it work to somebody else? Or how do you even kind of like quantify that aspect? I'm, I'm just curious on it. Oh yeah, no problem. So I do video editing and I video do video editing for small businesses. So I'm actually switching from B2C to B2B because I realize now, you know, a lot of people have video cameras, they know how to record, but not everybody knows how to edit. And on a larger scale as a small business owner, creating content like that's, video content is in, it's necessary for your business. So I'm right now, I'm like scaling to meet the requirements of businesses so that where they're able to like withstand all the work when it comes to like all the minor things, like I can do that. Like if you send the content, I'll edit it. Let me know what you want to do and then go from there. So in most cases, um, quantifying or like, like figuring out what works, what doesn't work. Usually the people that know, or the companies that know what they want, 
I tend to work better with because I'm like, I'm just there to serve. Like, it's one thing thing to have a good talent, but like you have to serve with your talent. So it's not just like, I'm good at it. Listen to me. Like, no, I'm here to serve you. So what is it that you need help with? And in most cases, like, they're like, oh, this is the first time. Like no one's really asked. So Mm. like, you know, it's, it's important to serve. So I do this as a way to serve and as a way to um, help like small businesses, especially small black businesses that need that assistance through social media, um, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, like any other platform. Like I'm, I'm creating content, like large scale content for. So um, it's, it's definitely eye opening and it's a new space still. Um, believe it or not, people still, there are people that still don't know how to like, like upload stuff. Like they don't know how to upload videos. They don't know how to record videos. Like it's, it's still fairly new space for a lot of um, companies. So it just, it's a work in progress overall, but it's a step in the right direction. So me being there to kind of be that person to lean on or the company to lean on, you know, that's what makes it enjoyable for me because I'm a resource yeah I guess I'm thinking would the framework be not necessarily easier but just better with doing b2b and b2c because I guess my my inclination is like a small business owner they might have a framework or kind of they know their mission or they know what they're doing while creatives can be all over the place (laughs) just like correct which is why I don't identify myself as a, as crazy. I don't ever, but I don't identify myself as a content creator. Like I'm promo Jones, like is a, like we create videos. Like we do, we provide a service, but like, I'm not a content creator. I don't, I mean, I create it for myself every now and then, but I'm spending more time creating content and creating a service of video specifically mm-hmm. for companies and that's it so that's where I, and it's funny because it's crazy how you're how are you a video editor you're not a content creator but it's like I spent so much time and energy just helping other people that now I'm like okay let me see how I can help myself but that's still a work in progress isn't that crazy like yeah. I feel like that's like a a known thing for people that have service-based business because technically you're you're serving yourself all the time you know yeah even I guess like going back to more the concept of networking, like how I learned. Cause I don't think, I mean, unless you went to like maybe a really good high school or some people they go to private schools to where like, it's kind of ingrained. Um, I didn't realize this, like why people would send their kids to like a certain school. And it's like, Oh, like actually networking starts in preschool. And like, even some people don't get to go to preschool. Like, you know, kind of like when you're a kid, it's like going to birthday parties, you wouldn't think much of it. But certain people or certain adults who have been kind of, I guess, master networkers their whole life, they're already thinking like that when the child is born. Mm. So for me, like, I didn't really think about it, at least at least through like middle school and high school towards like the tier end. And um, I was trying to like come up with my plan of like how I was going to be quote unquote successful. And I just started realizing that business a lot of times is the relationship. So I was like, okay, like how I kind of get into this. And I think more when I got to Morehouse, like the concept of networking is just, you know, literally getting to know people, um, trying to add value in any way you can. I think that's a big thing, like trying to find your value add because um, I don't know about you, but like if somebody reached out, reaches out to me saying like, hey, let's connect or talk. I'm like, so what do you want to talk about? Because like, bruh, oh my God, <laughs> like someone reached out. No, no, people are like, so let's connect. And it's like, okay, 
for what? Like, like what why? <laughs> what do you want? Like, I don't mean to sell me, but it's like, what's the purpose? And that's the thing, value. That's a really good point. Mm. Like how the thing is like, how, how are you able to add value to me? Like to what I do, like what my purpose is, because I know I'm valuable and I know how Mm. I can bring value to other people, but I'm not just about to bring value to people that don't know their own value. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I would say I'm trying to come up with like actual (laughs) tactical ways to help out people like feel their value add. Um, like I tried thinking of myself, there's about three to four things I can give value out on, at least in my, yeah. I guess, opinion. I think podcasting is one, like I can give advice about how to run a podcast, how much things might cost, mics, editors, yeah. like stuff like that. I, I can, I can be decent at, um, other things might be even like venture capital, especially like the early stage, like student founders. Like I probably know more just because of my time at HBCVC, yeah. um, or even kind of like the tech doing tech marketing. It's like, okay, I've done work at this company and this company, like, how can I help you out? But if it's something else, like, let's say like investment banking, like I'm not your guy, <laughs> like I'm going to tell you go somewhere else. So I always try to tell people like, find it like your value or something that you're really good at. Um, you know, yeah. I guess I'm kind of like the next thing I want to discuss is for yourself. Like what is your actual definition of networking? Okay. That's a great question. So to me, networking is the ability to communicate and establish relationships with people to help, you know, them and you progress in whatever endeavor that you have and also providing value. Because the thing is, there's a lot of people that want to network, but you have to know what it is that you have to offer to somebody else before like you reach out to them. Because at the end of the day, in most cases, networking is kind of like a, it's kind of like a trade of, like, I was supposed to like, I don't want to say like trade of assets, but it's like a trade, trade of, of, you know, like a trade of like what it is that I can help you with. I think it's more like service. I, I, I connect networking to service um, because mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur. So for me, as someone that is in the entrepreneurial space, networking is important because you never know that one conversation could lead to an opportunity or I might have something or that I might not want to do or know somebody that might need help with something. And if we have a conversation, you're the first person that pops up in my head because we had a conversation about whatever it is that your intention was. So yeah, networking to me is the ability to communicate and establish and maintain that relationship with people to help um, help with the progression or yeah, to help with the progression of someone's like life or their endeavors or their intention of their goals. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Okay. Your definition honestly was like so well thought out that like, I don't even know if like I have something better. Um, I would just say like, just main like communication in an authentic way, but I don't even know if that actually makes sense because like, in a sense, like, yes. in the networking thing, like you're trying to see like what you can get, but also what you can provide. So it's definitely like, it's kind of like a weird kind of place to think of what networking means. Um, yeah. I kind of want next to go on to the fun stuff. And I mean, I'm not trying to show throw shade at nobody, but like, it's actually so during this episode, right? I'm not going to say the name. Somebody just called me, right? And I just like, I immediately deny because I'm going through this episode. But like this person, like he literally just calls me anytime he wants something. Like it's never just like a, oh, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? So yeah. before I go yeah. into my rant to all my listeners, I guess like, do you have any bad networking experiences that you can speak to or networking pet peeves? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so honestly, I feel like at this point, somebody... When someone reaches out just to say, hey, 
like, like, okay, on LinkedIn, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to talk about LinkedIn. Everybody's <laughs> in our DMs. And this thing about LinkedIn, people are on LinkedIn to either get a job, like, look, their for business. People in their, look for mm-hmm. people in their job space or like just access for something or opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. they're looking for jobs, they're um, promoting their job, or they're just, you know, building their brand. Pretty much. It's professional. It's a professional thing. So people will DM me and be like, hey. Oh, for real? Like they just say, hey? Oh, that's on LinkedIn? Goodness. I just thought that was Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And then someone else was like, so what do you do? And I'm just like. Like you, it's on the LinkedIn page, on the profile. What are you talking about? What do you mean? What do I do? (laughs) What are we talking about? (laughs) And then like someone, uh, someone was like, yeah, I love to connect, but like, here's my thing. All right. I'm just going to say this. When people say I want to connect, like how are you going to connect with me? What do you want me to do? Because if you want to reach out to me, like, or, and this is what I learned. If I'm reaching out to someone, like, I'm like, Hey, I'm reaching out with, to you because of this. Would love to know more if you have time for this. Like mm-hmm. I, I made a whole process. So we can talk about that later to really like sort out how people can actually network and maintain it because it's a lot of, it's, it's a structure. It does require like a process. But yeah, resche- yeah. Oh, and rescheduling and rescheduling like multiple times. Like I can understand if it's like maybe once, maybe twice, but like, if we haven't met and you continue to reschedule, reschedule. we're never going to meet. Yeah. We're never no, going to meet. That's terrible. That's my little rant. <laughs> no, no, it's totally fine. I mean, I guess the LinkedIn component, it's... So I've probably gotten inbound on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram, I get the weirdest things, like... Yeah. Probably since I shouldn't even talk about on this podcast, but... Um, it'll just be like, hey, or like, it'll be from this random person, like, actually the other day, it was actually different. I did listen. Like the person sent me an audio message first. And I was like, hmm, like this is interesting. The message wasn't that great. There wasn't much like actually value. Like the dude is basically like, oh, like I saw you like this picture of Larry June. Like we should connect and meet people like him. And I'm just like, uh, okay, like that isn't. For what? Nothing. Like, what? yeah. But I get it. He was like, okay, like I saw you like the picture. So I was like, oh, like that's something I, he actually did. I'm like, okay, fine. But like, I'm not going to reach back out um and then twitter kind of similar stuff like i tweeted something about like a podcast video editor and i got so many dms being like hey like would love to edit for you or whatever um but i guess kind of the linkedin front because that is a platform i guess that is known as a professional networking environment um certain things i've noticed is like you said just don't reach out and just say like let's let's connect um like what i am very big on is like if you're reaching out to somebody have three bullet points of what you want to discuss or what you're looking to get out of the conversation. And then also say, if you would like to meet either phone, Zoom, Google Meet, like whatever. Because one thing that I kind of noticed, I don't know if this is you during the pandemic, um, you know, people will try to like knock as me like Zoom chats, like during the day as they could. Yeah. I learned that's actually super unproductive. Um, one, I don't always like to have like, camera on and smiling like I have to like sit at a desk and like not go anywhere and I just didn't think that was like the best way to go about networking so a way to kind of like go against it is just saying like hey like literally just call me while I'm walking like I like that in a sense because at least I'm actually exercising and then I can just be on the phone I don't have to sit in one place but like the concept of like zoom networking is something I feel like needs to kind of go away in my opinion 
I understand. I feel you. And it depends. I think it depends on the person you're trying to connect with because mm-hmm. I've definitely met like there's um there's this really major professional like marketing branding guru in Atlanta. I won't say his name, mm-hmm. but he's really yeah. awesome. I messaged him on LinkedIn and was like, hey, um, you know, I actually met them at the Power Networking Conference. So like that was my kind of way to bring in like, hey, I'm Des. Um, you know, we connected at the Power Networking, Con- Networking Conference a couple of years ago. Um, let him know, like, you know, this is what I'm doing now, but I have would love to have time to chat if you have time. And for them, they were immediate. They're like, all right, do you have some time tonight? Do you have some time tomorrow? Like some people are very like, let's talk right now because they yeah. are busy. So if they're more busy, they're more inclined to do it like when they're thinking right about now, it. Yeah. Because if they don't think about it, it's it's gone forever. So it, it definitely depends. But I agree with you. But I will say with Zoom though, like Zoom fatigue is real. Like for me, mm-hmm. I try to space out Zooms because I'm already in Zooms for meetings for work. So if yeah. I'm having a Zoom call, like I'd prefer a phone call. But I do feel like when you're meeting someone for the first time, the best way to connect with them is either through phone or through like visuals or actually both because you're at, you're able to yeah. kind of be present and not like be distracted because, you know, like if you're if I'm on the phone and I don't know you, I'm not going to take you seriously. Seriously, like, I, I mean, email. I will, but you know, like I'd rather see your face really like get to know you like in that space. In so space. that way I can keep that. Or whenever I need to, we need to chat or hang out again. Like that's a memory because you don't want to have yeah. a terrible, bad first, first networking experience to go yeah. wrong. Once it's wrong, like that's all they'll remember. Yeah, no, that's so real. I, I have like one um, <laughs> my mentor is like I put like some time down as Calendly, and I'm thinking like, yeah, we're gonna have a chat on Zoom. He's like, I think it was like ten, five minutes before he's like, no, just call me. Like, yeah, like, okay, cool. Um, but like you said, everybody's different, and it changes over time. Like certain people. It might be a Zoom chat. Then it's so formal, like informal to where we have each other's phone numbers. And we just call. And now some people are like, I'll just now FaceTime out the blue. I'm like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> like, it's not even just yeah. like on some like networking stuff. I'm just like trying to check in. Um, yeah. I kind of want to go to the next thing. I think this is, I guess, a question you told me beforehand. I guess it's more about like students networking because I guess I'm still like the person who's an undergrad. Like you can kind of like take the reins on that. Take the reins of student networking. Okay, yeah. so I guess this will, I, I have notes here. So I, I'm going to, to any student that's listening, I've created um, like a structured approach, okay? So I'm, I'm putting this out there. Like I'm actually, I'm putting it in the universe. You know what? I'm starting it. I'm making a manual. Mm-hmm. Like I'm making a networking manual. You hear it now on the uh but was it the this amazing podcast like yeah i feel like i should know the name it's terrible i'm so sorry privileged black kids it's all good Privileged black kids because you know i know it's about black kids and you know i'm blessed to be black so Mm -hmm. but okay so i made the this is the steps students you ready everybody listening all right so there are five steps okay five steps to creating and maintaining a valuable network so the first step is the approach all right so the approach is when, like, it depends on where you are. Are you approaching them on social media? Are you approaching them in person? Are you approaching them at a bar? Because it's different connecting with someone at, like, a professional setting compared to, like, a casual kickback, you know? Back like, in. how you talk to people, how you communicate, it varies. Like, I'm not going to be turned up at a funeral. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's just the, the approach. So that's the first step, right? The second step 
is the conversation. What are you talking about? What is your intention? So when you figure out what the approach is, where are you right now? Then you figure out, okay, what am I going to be talking about when I connect with this person? The next thing is the intermission, right? So when you have the conversation with someone, the intermission is where you leave some conversation left, like for another time, because you don't want to say too much all at once, all the time, because if they're a great person, you want to leave that for the time to actually like connect, connect. Because when you're meeting someone, like, like here's the intention, the intention, hey, I'm Des. Hey, Kendall, how are you? Like, I see you're at this conference. You're doing awesome. Like, I'd love to know more. Like, how, how are you doing at this event? Like, how is the event going? And you're like, oh, yeah, it's doing pretty great, pretty great. Awesome. When you're at a conference, there's a lot of people that you kind of want to talk to. So if you want to continue the conversation, the intermission is where you stop and be like, hey, I would love to talk more. Do you have time? If you say no, it's like, okay, when would you have some time to connect? Yeah. And that leads to the next step, which is the contact information, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Like after that intermission, like, okay, how can we keep in touch? Do you have an Instagram? Do you have a LinkedIn? Can I get your mm-hmm. phone number? Like there's so many ways to connect now. How are we going to connect? Once mm-hmm. you have the information, that's when the major step is the follow-up. That's the major step, that follow-up. Because if you don't follow up with the information that you have, then you'll never hear from them again. I've experienced it several times. I get the contact mm-hmm. information. Hey, following up with you. When do you want to, when do you want to meet? Where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Like in the follow-up, that's when you figure out where are you gonna, where are we gonna meet? Where do you want to hang out? What time are we gonna do it? Are we going to do it? And then you have to follow up after following up to make sure they're actually going to come because sometimes you'll follow up with them and they'll be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then you hear nothing. So it just, you have to like, it's consistent. So following up, following up. And Mm -hmm. then the final step is the approach because you're doing it again. So now that Mm -hmm. you're at the place where you're meeting, hi, how are you doing today? I met you here. Okay, well, how was your day? So what are we going to be talking about? That's your intention. What are we talking about at our, at our follow-up? You see what I mean? It's a yeah. full-on cycle. So that way you're continuing, and that's how you maintain it. Maintain Networking it. takes work. Like, it's not easy. Like, hey, how you doing? <coughs> okay. Hey, I'd love to hang out. Okay. Hey, like, I've bugged a lot of people before, too. And that's another thing. Some people, like, if you really want to get to where you want to go, or like meet with certain people, you might have to bug them. But in other cases, if they don't respond, just let it go. Maybe come back in a couple, couple weeks, couple months, see what happens. I've experienced that before too. You know, I'll yeah. network with people, hang out with people, be like, hey, let's link up. You know, don't hear anything back. Wait a couple weeks. Hey, let's link up. Hey, let's mm-hmm. hang out. Love to get to know you, whatever. Like, yeah. but it all depends on like if you're, professionally if it and this applies for anything this applies for business this applies for friendships because you have to network to find friends too like i my, i met my best friends we still check up on each other we still have to plan when we have to meet where are we meeting are we doing a facetime okay cool what time because all my friends are busy like we're all mm-hmm. busy so it's the same thing 
like maintaining it. That's the goal. It's not just networking, but it's maintaining the network. So I hope that makes sense. And yeah, yeah so this is going to, this is the process of the networking manual that I'm, that I'm making. I'm saying it out here. It's already in the atmosphere. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's happening. So yeah. yeah. No, I'll definitely that. take that. And I guess, I guess I'm now kind of thinking to my own experiences. Um, this actually speaks more to referrals. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, if you know somebody, they'd be like, okay, I'll help you talk to this person. Yeah. Um, but what I've realized is sometimes there can be too much inbound as far as I'm really big on like having a purpose when you're trying to meet somebody. I think right. sometimes people look too much towards the title or just like, oh, to speak. And like one, I'm, I'm terrible. If like, you don't prepare for like, I guess like the networking call, like I'm going to think like not the alley at you. So for example, okay. I had a friend He's like one of my homeboys, love him to death. And he's like, hey, I have this um, friend who like wants to talk to you about like working at Microsoft. And I'm like, okay, like, cool, like whatever. Like I'm down, like let's have a chat. And like, I'm expecting like we get on the phone call and like he's done his due diligence, he's done, he's done his homework about me. And he like, one of the first questions he asked is like, what school do you go to? And I'm just like, dude, yeah. like it was on my LinkedIn page. Like you could have saw that on my LinkedIn, my Twitter. Like oh, it's just, and yeah, like maybe some people were like, yo, can I be petty right now? But like, that's a real thing. If I'm reaching out to some, some person big and I'm just asking questions that are like very face level, not like context to their experiences. They're going to think I don't do research, which then they probably wouldn't give me opportunities. So like, I'm just kind of big on that aspect. Um, that's, I agree with you on that. I, I totally agree with you on that. And I say that because when you're trying to connect with other people, they actually, like, you have to know who they are. Do your own research before you want to network with anybody. Because if you don't do your research, it's going to make it that much harder for you to connect with them. If you do your research on who they are, what they do, then it's easier to have that conversation with the person you want to have the conversation with. Because at least they they respect that. They respect the fact that you actually took the time to know who they are or get to know who they are before even having a conversation. So keep that in mind, ladies and gents, whoever's listening. Yeah. So I guess some of the last things I want to discuss is for yourself, have you kind of learned how to bridge personal versus professional relationships? And it's definitely weird in college because you're starting to make that kind of trends towards adult, but like y'all still act like kids. <laughs> so it's like, how have you, I guess, tried to like manage the two, especially I know with HBCUC, like we definitely were kind of like that. Um, but like even just abroad and all the people that you know, like how do you try to bridge the two? Bridging the two takes time. I think it starts with yourself and how you see yourself and where you want to go. Um, personally, for me, I, I've always kind of saw myself in the professional realm. So like at Hampton, we kind of prepped ourselves early for the professional relationships. So technically, all of my friends at Hampton, not all of them, but most of them, we're all professionals. So we just kind of groomed ourselves in that light ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to the personal relationships, I think that depends on, like you said, the values, because how are your values? Like, how do you value yourself? And if you're able to value yourself and value your, your goals, your morals, all of that stuff, you will start to align with people who, also have those same values as you um and then in the professional world also you know the best part about professional relationships is it's good to have diverse 
like professionals. Like I have friends that are doctors, friends that are nurses, friends that are lawyers, friends that are, um, you know, in every diaspora of the professional world. Um, So that way, you know, you never, you just never know what life, what life, you know, could bring to you and how they can impact. So I'll I'll mention Lavanya because, you know, she, without her, like I wouldn't have been in HBCVC. She was a Hampton, she's a Hampton alum. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually met at, um, I don't know if you heard of YardCon. Sounds but familiar. It was like a, it was like a digital event for um, HBCU and creative students. So we, I already followed her and then we both went to like an event at YardCon. And then after that, I was like, well, let's like, when do you want to actually have a Zoom call and like hang out? So we set a time, we set a Zoom call, we talked you know, about the Zoom call, mm-hmm. whatever. And we just kept in touch. So then yeah. like a couple months later, she was like, hey, like, how's everything going? We'd love to catch up, like set a time, set an intention. We met, we chatted and she told me about HBCVC. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I applied, did my due diligence and here we are. So yeah. like, I think, you know, having a personal and professional friends help and, you know, in most cases, when you're in the professional world, you're in there. So your mm. professional friends could most likely be your personal friends, personal friends depending yeah. on how your values align. So um, I guess when you're an undergrad, I think it's more important to focus on your personal values and also while building your professional value. Mm. Does that make sense? So that way, once you become, once you graduate, you mm. already have like the skills, you already have the knowledge, you already have like the foundation. So once you get into the professional world, you have people like for me at Hampton, HBCU, like that's a community. You have a community of people that know who you are and that respect your craft, your talent, and that can help propel you into different spaces if necessary. Or you can propel yourself and have, you know, people supporting you like all along the way, which is even better. So um, that's pretty much it. You know, having a personal um, relationship, professional relationships, is sometimes they merge, but it's up to you to decide if you want to um, bring them together or if you kind of want to stick to one or the other. But if you're going into the professional space, you know, just know you're, you're bringing yourself and the amount of stuff you want to bring is up to you. And that's the people, once you bring that self, whatever you want to bring to that, to that level of professionalism, there were people that will start to gravitate toward you based on what you put out. I was wondering, have you ever dealt with a person that at first was a really professional relationship that started going too personal? That's a good question. Um, yes, yes. And that's where boundaries are set. And that is where you start to establish, you know, look back at your personal self, personal, personal um, relationship and just be like, all right, what did I do to make it too open? How can I reel it back to keep it professional? Mm -hmm. Um, I know for like promo Jones, like my, my clients, my people, they have my cell number, but now that I work like full time, it's like, you can't just be calling me now. Mm. You know, I have an email address. So just anything yeah. you need, 
email me. I can't respond to a text unless it's like an extreme emergency. But, you know, it's the same thing. Everybody needs boundaries. Yeah, definitely. So to kind of end this out, I always do this with my guests because I just love like kind of these last questions. Um, The first thing is what is something most people don't know about you? Most people don't know about me. Um, Believe it or not, I'm actually terrified every time I get on camera and every time I put myself out there because I have like an internal child that's like, you know, like, I'm just here. I'm excited. But, you know, I don't know if you're going to like me. Like, I'm, I'm really like that. This is a personal thing. So I'm like, I, I just push toward the fear, like push out the fear because I'm fearful all the time. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, where this is going to go. But um, I'm like, low key, a little nervous. So I'm always nervous. I guess that's the thing. But I love myself. I'm proud of myself. So I just kind of push past it and move forward. So low key introvert even though I project as an extrovert. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Biggest takeaway from your time at Hampton and being at HBCU? Um, go with your gut. I went with my gut. If I, I feel like I, I still was like that, even that little inner child, like I wasn't sure. I was like a little, like, I don't know what this is going to happen. Like, no, like every time I, I really, took the step of like coming out of myself and be like, you know what? I got this things worked out. But when I was just like, Ooh, I don't really know. Like it just kind of hindered certain opportunities or certain like, you know, things that could have happened. So um, yeah, just trusting my gut. I trusted my gut a lot more, but I could have done it a little bit more than I did. I hope that makes sense. Gotcha. No, I mean, you got to trust your gut, especially I don't know. I don't think this is an HBCU thing, but just a college thing in general, as far as you can kind of like try to copy someone's path and not to say like, it's good to take certain things with people because I definitely do that, but trust your your gut as far as what feels right to you. You know, like if you just try to become a doctor, like just for the social clout, like it's probably like not going to work out. You know what I mean? Um, But like you say, you got to, you got to go with your gut. Next thing. What is one thing you would tell your 15 year old self my 15 year old self oh I should have that should have been my answer um my 15 year old self um let's see 15 year old self oh where was I oh Jesus 15 I think that was when like Facebook was like I used to use like a little digital camera so like I didn't I had like the flash on the digital camera um love me more don't mm. like like love me more like love you like it's okay comfort yourself because you don't want the there were too many people trying to comfort me when they didn't need to and it led mm. down different paths so it's like no love yourself don't let anybody love you more than you love you so yeah gosh you last two if you could have a conversation with three people dead or alive right now who would it be jesus Honestly, and just, oh, I'm not going to say that. We all, this is, <laughs> never mind. Um, Michelle Obama, I feel like everybody kind of wants to have that conversation. I have called Michelle Obama, mm. probably Abraham Lincoln, to be mm. honest with you. 
I talk with Abe Lincoln to see what his head is at because, you know, during that time, you know, slavery and all that, it was a part of me. I think there was history that showed like in the South slavery, all that was abolished and was for war, you know, like it wasn't really mm-hmm. for like the the race. So oh, I yeah, love duh. to know, you know, so it's like, I love to know like why, what's going on. And then the third mm-hmm. person Ooh, the third person. Ooh. Oh, I don't want to. I'm going to say it. You ready? Okay. I probably talk to Trump. Oh, I probably. Wow. I really would. I'd be like, okay, Trump, sir. Like, I want to just take a life, take the day in the life of what's happening because mm-hmm. there's so much scrutiny. And I did not vote for that man. No mm-hmm. judgment to anyone who did. But I consider myself someone who listens to both sides to see like what's really happening. What they're thinking. Yeah. And then bonus, I'm going to do a bonus. Arthur Blank. He owns, he was like one of the founders of Home Depot and I worked at Home Depot and he now owns the Atlanta soccer team. So, and he owns like ranches. So he's a very like. He got enterprise. Yeah. He has a prominent like ownership and I'd love to know more about that. So he has a book. I read his books really good. Got you. So last one, I always ask this to all my guests, like, just be 100% honest. Who yeah. would be a good guest on this podcast? Who would be a good guest on this podcast? Honestly, probably LaVanya. <laughs> I got to get her on. The fact that she got to eat cheese. She's so she got- busy. She got you into HPCVC, and technically she did for me. I think I was thinking about it sophomore in my grades, like, was that hot? And I was like, for me. She's like, no, you should apply. Like, I'm like, really? Like, I'm smart enough for this? Like, She really? is so amazing. She really is so uh, She needs her flowers, for real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now it's, like, crazy because, like, she's my professor. Um, I literally, like, this morning, like, I went, on, I went on Twitter, and, like, she sent me a DM about something. She was like, yeah, like, if you want this for, like, extra credit, like, make sure you do this. I'm just like, yo, like... <laughs> It's everywhere. I love it. You better so, be. She's like a she's like a goal for like a teacher, and she's getting her PhD. Yo, she is such a G. Yo, she is such yeah. a G. Yeah. Thank you, Lavadia. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's kind of everything. Um, just first off, want to say thank you so much for coming on, especially on a Saturday where he could be doing work, he could be sleeping. Like, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for being on this episode of Privileged Black Kids. No prob. Thank you so much, Kendall. You're awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. And it's only the beginning. And we definitely got to turn up, you know, after you graduate or before. No problem. No, nah, we're getting close. We're getting close, but it's damn near now. So, yeah. November. And, yeah, because your birthday. We still got to turn up for your birthday. So, yeah. Oh, my God. You just made me realize it's six more months. Oh, my God. Please don't, don't, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Just get the work done. Keep your head down. Any student, keep your head down. Just do the work. Definitely. I got you. (laughs) Um, But lastly, if you guys like the episode of Privileged Black Kids, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever platform you're listening on. Follow us on Instagram at Privileged Black Kids Podcast. Thank you guys so much for the support. And thank you for listening to that episode of Privileged Black Kids.